Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, and WEEU and back in Pennsylvania and the Golf News Network. I'm JT, your host. Do you ever think about wanting to be an on-course reporter for like Golf Channel or NBC, CBS, one of those? Um, we're going to find out the real skinny on that today from Kay Cockrell. You've seen her for years on Golf Channel and as of recently on... Well, not too recently, but as far as the time she's been doing it, but she's been doing it a long time. So she was just covering the Olympics, both the men's and women's over there. And she's off to Scotland here in about a week. So we caught her in between flights and we appreciate that. Before we jump uh, into talking with Kay here, I want to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf. Check out Ben Hogan Golf online at benhogangolf.com. They have new club selections, custom-made clubs, and and manufacturers direct sales to you. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Okay, we got all that done. Kay, welcome. Good morning, Jeff. It's nice to nice to be with you. Well, thank you. That's the kindest thing anybody said to me this morning <laughs> so far. It's all good. So um, let's let's take a little historical perspective here as we go down this path. You played on tour. You played in college for the Bruins. And that's UCLA for po- folks that don't follow sports. And now you're on uh, TV all the time. What led you to that as far as working for the Golf Channel and then, you know, doing stuff for their uh, affiliated networks? Uh, probably starting to hit the ball short and crooked and <laughs> having way too many putts for pars. Uh, and I was... I was literally practicing my three footers that I seem to have while everyone has as a professional constantly in Springfield, Illinois at an old tournament called the rail. And our then commissioner at the time, Charlie Meacham came up to me and he said, have you ever thought about doing television? And I looked up at him after cutting one of my uh, short putts and I said, no, never thought about it. And he said, well, there's this channel that's starting next year called the Golf Channel, and they're looking for commentators who are players. And I think you'd be excellent. And if you're interested, I'm going to recommend you. And I just was sort of taken aback. I, you know, my whole life for the last probably 15 years or so, 15 plus years, had been competitive golf and the whole competitive golf world from junior golf, amateur golf, college golf, to this professional golf that I was playing. 
but I was smart enough. As you mentioned, I was a Bruin. I did graduate with a degree in economics. So I think I'd like to say I have some smart. <laughs> I, I knew that that was an offer that was being presented that that was at a, a sort of crossroads in my life because I had been struggling on tour. I was frustrated. I, I wasn't playing the kind of golf that I wanted to play and I was not enjoying the game. And here was this offer to do something entirely different yet stay in the golf arena. So I, I took him up on that offer and uh, lo and behold, <laughs> here I've now been working in television for well that was that was in 95 uh so it's it's um it's going on over two decades well you've done a great job i will say that and i'm not just saying that uh, because we're talking right now um thank you you're you're very calm you're very analytic you you always throw some humor in there and it's it's very very pleasing to the ear to listen to you make your commentary um on whatever tournament you're covering there. I mean, that's, that's a true story, folks. If you've ever listened to Cade, I think you would agree with me. So it's all. Well, I've always, I've always kind of likened myself um, to a utility player. I'm not a superstar. I didn't win majors. I, I, my name wasn't up in lights on the LPGA tour. Maybe just a dim, you know, sort of cast (laughs) member. Back, backlit bulb there, same thing. Backlit bulb, but I I can pretty much do any role, and I and I'm flexible. That's what I I talk when I speak with uh, young men and women who are you know in college or junior golf that are thinking about careers. I say flexibility is a big key to to longevity, and that goes with the golf swing, and it goes mm-hmm. with with anything else in life. And I have the ability to work last minute. I'm married. I don't have kids, so I can kind of, you know, fill in for someone quickly. I've learned to work with different producers, which is a big key to know their personalities, their likes and dislikes, and as well as the the crew that you work with, both uh, fellow commentators and behind the scenes. And, And I think that's what makes me mesh well with any crew and kind of has kept my career going as well. No, I think that's a good observation, and and I do some different TV stuff around, uh, mostly cooking, and uh, each producer you work with is different. So, and a lot of times those will be the people in your headset when they're talking to you. So it's it's good to know those things. It's called doing your homework. It's really good to do those things. Um, we've got a couple minutes left here before we go to our first break, Kay. But uh, I wanted to start by talking about the Olympics. Um, we can talk about the men's first because the women's was a huge crescendo and the men's was too for uh, uh, Shoffley. But um, what was your overall take on the Olympics and the golf? I thought it, it went exceptionally well, but I'm not surprised because I think golf has shown in the last year and a half in the middle the beginning, middle, and this duration of pandemic that we've been in the middle of, that it's a sport which can can work and it can uh, go on without too many issues because you're outdoors and things are spaced well. It was such a bummer that we didn't have fans because the Japanese audience is rabid over golf. Um, The women's golf tour, the JLPGA, is more popular than the men's version. 
and with Hideki winning the Masters and and the Japanese hopes for um, medalists both with them on the men's and the women's side were very high. They were expecting 25 plus thousand people out there. So like a lot of tournaments we've had in, in the last year, a low energy feel because <laughs> there just weren't fans out there. But that said, the golf course, Kagumigaseki was beautiful. It's a very traditional style golf course with lovely, tall Japanese pines flanking both sides of the fairways and, and amazing green complexes. So the course itself really set up beautifully. Um, I thought the competition was really exciting. And I think Rory said it best. He was in that seven man playoff for the bronze. He said, I've never tried so hard for third place. And that's the uniqueness of the Olympics and Olympic golf is it's all about gold, silver, and bronze. And as a Didi Ashok who, who captured so many people's hearts, particularly in her home country of India said, fourth sucks. <laughs> it's like they give out three medals and fourth really sucks. And, and you just, you, your heart goes out to that person that finishes fourth because you may as well finish 25th or 60th because right. it doesn't matter. And I think that seven way playoff for the men was really exciting. We didn't have any playoffs in Rio. I was, I was there in 2016 in Rio um, for either the men or the women. And it was interesting that we had a playoff for both this, this time. Um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. We had um, a lot of, you know, a lot of coverage. We basically worked off the world feed that was run by OBS or Olympic broadcasting system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have control over the, the cameras. Um, so there was behind the scenes, there was a little bit of, okay, where are we going next? Okay. It looks like we're going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Vegas on the 13th or, uh, you know, some other random player, but to their credit, they did show a lot of different golfers. And if you're a golf fan at home watching the eight plus hours, you got to see a, a lot of different players, which was, which was excellent. And certainly they honed down into the, the leaders and the, the the players that had a chance for podium on the final day. But I think leading into that, we saw a lot of different golf. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Kay Cockrell from the Golf Channel and World Traveler and all that. And right back here in just a couple minutes. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'd like to thank the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives for unmatched quality, comfort, and efficiency in your kitchen. You can check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. I actually use them myself. And here out in the western part of Oregon, we'd like to thank the folks down at Langdon Farms right off of I-5 there at the Aurora exit. Uh, they have a prime rib special on Friday nights. Uh, I've been there. I've eaten it. It's very good. And if you want to email us, it's very simple. Just go info at grillingatthegreen.net. So let's get back and talk some more with Kay Cockrell. You know, we actually met one time. I, you wouldn't remember. But we were at Pumpkin Ridge 10 years ago or something. It was for the Safeway or the Portland Classic, as they call it. Now it's called the Cambia up here. 
I was wandering out somewhere and you and your crew were standing there on the, on the practice range. And I walked by and I must've looked really lost because she said, <laughs> hi, can I help you? <laughs> uh, yeah. I must have been in a really good mood that day. <laughs> yeah, you were. And, and your crew was kind of looking at you like, why in the hell are you talking to this guy? You know, and I was like, where's the press room? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I do remember that. It was funny. It was funny. Well, it's you, you uh, being from Oregon, I have to say Oregon's one of my favorite states. And me, I'm a native Northern Californian. So, you guys, we, I think you have a love-hate relationship with Californians. We have a lot of similarities, but a lot of us have come up to your state in droves over the years because yeah. it's such a beautiful place. But I have spent a lot of time in the Portland area covering golf and playing golf there. And you mentioned Pumpkin Ridge. I've covered um, a girls and boys junior that was played out there simultaneously, a couple of women's opens, women's amateur uh, of course, the LPGA, and I also uh, covered a women's down at Waverly Country Club, mm -hmm. and then I played many years in the, the Cambia Portland Classic at Columbia Edgewater. So I, I just I love love Portland and and the greater state of Oregon. Are you going to be here next month? I will. Well, we're up on the hill this time. Just giving you I know. fair warning. <laughs> I, I hear it's a lot hillier than than Columbia Edgewater that probably has like ten feet of elevation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, this is up and down hill. You're gonna if if you're gonna hoof it around. Um, I'm sure you already have comfortable shoes, uh, but bring two pairs because it's a lot of hiking on that course. I'm just giving you a heads up. So. I, I'll be fine, but I better tell Jerry Foltz because he better start training for the hills ahead of time. Jerry ain't going to make this. <laughs> He's going to camp He's gonna, out. <clears throat> He's going to have to make, make sure he has a really on-the-ball cart driver because they're going to be loading his his derriere around that golf course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, Jerry's been on the show, and we we go back and forth on Twitter and stuff. He's a lot of fun, and so is Karen and the queen of mowing in Florida. Yes. And, uh, yes. But, and I call him Big Jer, but, I you know, he's going to have to, like I said, get hauled around. He might just park it by 18 after some of the first groups make the turn or something. And then he's going to have to, and where they are too, he's going to have to have two or three cans of chew because, mm, it, that's true. you know, he's going to have to do that. Just, just casual observations, folks. Anyway, Aditi not only won millions of fans in her home country, I think she won millions of fans across the world. I love that kid. Wasn't she amazing? And, and the fact that, in Rio, she she uh, was in the limelight the first couple of days. I think she shot a pair of 66s out of nowhere, and she was 18 years old at the time and became a darling of the Olympics and faded on, on the weekend. But she is so sweet and nice, and I love the fact that she had her dad on the bag in Rio, and then she brought out mom. Uh -huh. Mom, whose name is Mash. Uh, she has a quite a longer, more intricate name, but she goes by Mash. And her mom basically toted the bag and kept things really chill. And Aditi said when her dad had it, he knows a lot more about golf. And she, they talked together through shots and she relied on him. But her mom 
really doesn't get involved with the golf. And so Aditi had to really make decisions and own her game, which I mm-hmm. think really lent to her playing well. But she even was, you know, doing all the yardages herself. She was pulling off the head covers herself. And, you know, that was a lot of work. And she she's hitting it 30 to 40, 50 yards behind Nellie Corda and Lydia Coe. But striping those hybrids in there and and putting like really the gold standard of of putting and anybody that was watching could learn so much about her course management her attitude and her phenomenal short game particularly the putting and i think you should just you know use that as cyber vision and just just meld that into your brain on what a person can do on the on the greens and without any consult so she's reading all those greens herself. She's feeling it, and she's wrapping all those putts in with amazing speed and confidence. She's got one of the smoothest putting strokes I think I've ever seen. Uh, mm, definitely, just definitely. And, fluid. and how about the president of the president of India and the prime minister of India both tweeting out how fabulous she is? <laughs> and I mean, she again captured. People were staying up. In, you know, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to watch her and they didn't know the rules of golf. They're Googling the rules of golf, trying to figure out what the difference between a par and a birdie is. And, mm-hmm. and how cool is that that she's igniting a fire to all these, these young, middle-aged and elderly people about the game of golf that really isn't a priority in India. What is India, the second or third largest population of all the countries? Something like that. It's in the top five because they've got a lot of people. Yeah, it's either either India or China. Yeah. And she's got them fired up now. Uh, You know, Titleist and Callaway, you guys, you got nothing to worry about for the next few years. I'm pretty sure of that. (laughs) And and the fact that the next Olympics is only three years away, that hopefully, I, I just, you know, I was watching her and I'm thinking, you know, she's been struggling out on tour. And, and I'm like, where is this game and how is she elevating herself in this, this week? And where is this game week in and week out? But that, that's the craziness of golf. You know, everybody has the ability to score well. Who does it week in and week out, year in and year out? That, it gets a small, smaller and smaller number as you, as you go up the chain. But any given week, anyone can have a fabulous, fabulous week. And I think for her, she talked about having COVID earlier in the year and how it really had drained her, um, her strength. And she'd lost 15 yards off the tee in a half a club with the irons, which is significant for someone who's not that long anyway. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how she flips things around at the end of the year and comes out strong next year. It will. And speaking of strong, we're going to take a break. And Kay Cockrell and I will be back here on Grilling in the Green. Uh, not on at we don't grill on the greens, folks. We grill at the greens. Anyway, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Please stay with us. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Well, Huey, Huey, I was going to say Huey Lewis in the lose. Uh, it's Huey <laughs> Huey Lewis and the news. And I was playing that because they're from San Francisco and Kay lives in San Francisco. But even though she doesn't hear the music, I was doing that as kind of a thing for her. Um, again, thank the folks at Painterdale's Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and our friends down, Scott White and his crew at Ben Hogan Golf. 
Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Uh, when we were talking in the last segment and then off the air, we were saying about how they, the players, the ladies, um, more athletes, bigger, stronger, farther, which leads me to, it's kind of a dichotomy to me between Nellie Corda and uh, Lydia Ko. Um, I think Nellie, you know, outshines her by about a foot and a half as in height or something. I, I can't tell really from the television set, but um, Lydia's a little stronger, shorter, and, and Nellie's a little lankier and fluid. They both knocked a snot out of the ball. Pardon me for saying it like that, Kay, but they do. Uh, and I think they both put on quite a show. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I've just seen, there's always been long hitters in the game and it just seems like in the last 10, 15 years, there's been more long hitters in both, both the men's and the women's side. Now, if you're a short hitter, you, you just, you are hanging on by your fingertips on, on the tour. And it, it takes a very special short to short medium player to survive. And they have to kind of pick their spots. But, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the average driving distance on the LPJ tour right now, Ann Van Dam. She leads the way at 290. That's average. And you got to remember the LPGA doesn't have that. They're working on getting their statistics uh, more evolved and better. Mm-hmm. This is based off a couple of holes. And sometimes the long hitters are, are forced to hit three wood on even the driving, the measuring driving distance holes. So she's averaging 290. You know, Lexi's 278. Jessica's 275. Nellie's 273. And I think that both both Nellie and her sister Jessica, they have such smooth rhythmic swings. I mean, it's like a lot like Ernie L, that graceful power. It's like that collection of power as it comes down the swing and, and at impact they're maximizing. But they can rear back and get a few extra yards too. When you get a chance, folks, to go to a uh, a tour event like the the Cambia that's coming up here in Portland next month. And by the way, Nelly is supposed to be playing in the Cambia. Um, just, I got a press release on that uh, yesterday, I think. So that's pretty that's cool. great. And I, and I think Aditi will be there as well. Well, there you go. It'll be a, the battle of Japan all over again, right there, in, <laughs> right there in Portland as Jerry's passing out, walking up 18. So anyway, it'll be, it'll be okay. Out of all the golf you've covered, is there a favorite of yours? Um, a favorite player. And I know I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm really not. But over the years, you've covered a lot of golfers, both men and women. Is there somebody that you have always really liked to, to watch them play, to cover them, you know, um, somebody that you thought was really, really cool? I have to say probably one of my all-time favorite players to watch was Lorena Ochoa. Yeah. And she she just had a magical way of playing. She had sort of an unorthodox swing and putting stroke, but she was a gamer. She got the ball in the hole and she had a lot of power for as seemingly petite that she was. She was probably five, 
six and maybe a buck 25, but pounded the ball pound for pound very long. And just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet polite, interested in how you were doing um, just a nice connection with the crowd. She ha- always had a lot of the um, Latino maintenance crew or even people that lived locally would gravitate to her because she's a Latina playing at the highest level and just class act from top to bottom, but a fierce competitor wanted to win. Her whole DNA was about winning. And I just, I love, and I miss Lorena uh, very much. And, you know, I, I came up through the ranks with playing with, Patty Sheehan and Beth Daniel and Meg Mallon and Betsy King and Laura Davies. They were the ones when I turned pro, they were in their prime. And I was fortunate enough to play with that group. Uh, Dottie Pepper, Amy Alcott, Joanne Carner, she was finishing her career. And so I've been able to be around some of the best in the game and, and, fortunately was able to play with a large group of those players and then watch their careers. end as I was getting into television and then the new, the new crowd that, that came in through the years, the Kari Webbs, Annika, Yanni, Sam, uh, Stacey Lewis, you know, and so I've, I feel really fortunate that I've kind of had this nice span of, of seeing some of the old guard as well as on ushering on through to this, this new guard that's playing and dominating the game. Did you ever go out and have a drink with Joanne? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. And she's, oh man, she is a classic. <laughs> um, she is, you know, I played in the Senior Women's Open, the the first two, the inaugural and the second. I wasn't able to play this year because I was over in uh, Japan, but I was, I was hitting balls next to her and I told my husband, I go, you got to get some video of this. You got to take a couple photos because how often does this happen? And I, I actually played with her in one of my first U.S. Women's Opens when I was um, U.S. Amateur champ. I didn't know that they paired the U.S. Amateur champ with the previous year's U.S. Open winner. And Joanne was our third. And I about, I about fainted out of nervousness. <laughs> But she was so, she's just the coolest woman you've ever been around. She exudes confidence and cool and just had a passion for the game and a passion for telling stories and, and yeah, having a cigarette and a drink. And um, she was country strong. She wasn't a person that went to the gym and pumped iron. She just, she just moved the ball out there on her own natural strength and just a, a, a passion for the game and a passion for life when you see pictures of her and stuff, well, they had one the other day and I was trying to think of which, where she was playing. There were, there were a lot of memes going around and there was one that had Kepka aside alongside um, Joanne Carter. And, and it was something to the effect of someone trying to be cool and someone who was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be true too. Um, I, I, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, were you intimidated when you first played with her? I mean, until you got to know her and she got, you know, put you at ease and all that stuff. Were you like, Oh my God. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. She, you could tell probably a big edge that, that she had was the intimidation factor on the tee. And I think 
a lot of players in that era, like Kathy Whitworth, Sandra Haney, were the same way. You know, they were tough, and they they were out there for one reason, and that was to get the ball in the hole a lot faster than you. And as you got to know, they were much sweeter and nicer away from golf. Oh, um, yeah. But I think there was a lot more of that gamesmanship, and maybe that came from her being such an extraordinary match player as well, that it, it wasn't anything that was unsportsmanlike, but it was just that that exuding that fact that I am going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that statement was made on the first tee. <laughs> yep. 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 That just, that's what it looked like to me from a far distance, but you know, but like, like you said, welcome, welcome to the arena kids. Sit yeah. back and watch and learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, what, did, what was the state? Oh, welcome to the big leagues type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that in itself can be intimidating, you know, without, without question. Um, one more quick question bef before we go to break, how tired are you right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm usually pretty energetic, go out and do power walks, hike, some exercise. And the last four days, I've just literally been laying around with my pug who it's, it's in a pug's DNA to sleep, mm -hmm. you know, and just relax. And they're bred to be lap dogs. Right. So he has been by my side and we've just been moving from room to room, resting, relaxing, reading, um, watching goofy old shows where you don't need a brain to watch like Glee. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Kay Cockrell from Golf Channel and a great golfer in her own right. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm very honored to have Kay Cockrell from Golf Channel with us today on the show. Um, and I also want to Thank Keith Hirschland for introducing me to Kay officially. And uh, thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. You worked for Keith for a while and um, long Keith time. Keith was my first first producer. Yes. He was the one that, that taught me how to, to be a commentator. And, and basically, he was a great leader and a great guide. And I think what he did best was he allowed us to find our own voice and he didn't want us to become a prototypical announcer and be, try to be too perfect. Mm -hmm. He, he understood it. Mistakes are okay. Just be natural and pretend you're sitting on a couch talking with your friends about golf. And um, if we tried to take too many, you know, get lessons or learn how to be a perfect announcer, he, he didn't want that. Um, and he told us when, when we did wrong and, uh, he didn't like certain words to be used or he hated when you talked over, uh, over the caddy player chatter and he would go, <laughs> and then might, he might go into an expletive or say, why is anybody talking right now? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did, and I can still hear his words, you know, rumbling around in in my my head and my ears <laughs> from time to time. He did take responsibility for Dottie's puking dogs um, deal, <laughs> although that wasn't the entire sentence. But this this part of the show is actually on radio, so I can't say that word. But he did fess up and say, and he did it in his book too. He said that was his fault, and. Uh, when I had Dottie on the show a year and a half ago or so, I never brought that up, though. I thought I was being professional and um, savvy not to bring up that that particular conversation. Um, well, and, and really, that whole thing was blown out of proportion. Yeah. She didn't say anything technically that would, you know, was wrong. It just it irritated and got the American team very upset. And it was just Dottie being passionate because she's a uh, was a Solheim player and a passionate golfer who did not like to see her her fellow American team not not giving their best or what she perceived as not you know coming through in a necessary time. And I think that uh, that the whole thing was just very blown up and. Um, she was just, it was something that wasn't supposed to be heard by everybody, but someone didn't hit a switch in time. Um, but it, it, to me, it wasn't that big a deal and, and everyone made a big thing out of it. Yeah. Well, th- that happens a lot these days and even, well, 20 years ago, but <clears throat> even now, and that was my next question for you. You know, it's fun to, I follow you on Twitter and, I think uh, LinkedIn, I just followed you or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, and everything is so instantaneous and it can just build up ahead of steam before people really know uh, what's going on. Like with the Bryson Kepka deal, you know, that kind of, I don't particularly like that stuff myself. I, and believe me, I am not a fuddy duddy in the least, but um, I just think it it can lead to things that, well, like you were pointing out with Dottie, it gets blown up really fast and it becomes a big deal. And then when you finally figure out what really happened, it it's kind of foolish. I wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I'm not one that, that jumps on the sensationalism bandwagon. If, if they're, I just like to keep things simple and sort of talk about the facts. And when some supposed controversial topics come up, I don't really want to be a part of it. <laughs> maybe that maybe that shows my true colors as not being a true journalist. And I don't really I don't really think of myself as a journalist. I'm more of just a you know a person with a microphone walking the fairways, standing in the trees calling golf. I'll leave the controversial newsy stuff to other people, but I think a lot of things are it's almost like bait for just to get more eyeballs on a situation and people blow things up to make it sound more interesting than it really is. Um, I, I sort of look at those, those titles and those topics with one eye open and just kind of see what's happening. But I don't, I don't buy into a lot of it. No, I don't either. And you know, you gotta, I mean, they're all going for, you know, downloads and clicks and likes and Mm -hmm. this and that. And um, to me, it's all kind of superfluous, really. A lot of things are just hearsay or based on something someone said about someone else. And unless you have had that direct experience with someone, I don't, 
let, uh, give a lot of credence to, to a lot of these things. No, not at all. Kay's going to stick around for the after hours. So we got to get out of here on the radio portion of this show. We want to thank her. She's been very kind to take the time. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. And remember, uh, be kind to people out there, will you? See you next week. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.